We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. What other 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night? You know, whatever. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. Mark with Trevor Knight, George Whitfield joining you on a uh, really our second off-season show. Well, our second off-season regular show, Trevor, all the conference championships have now been settled. We've got our final four and the Heisman is next upon us. Trevor Knight, my man, how are we doing? Man, I'm doing well. It is Thursday night. Some would call it Friday, Junior. Um, it's interesting, man. This is that in-between time that I, I feel uh, is is unique, right? You got so much excitement ahead, but you're also like a little bit bummed that season's over and and, and all that. But um, this is the time where the, the page really starts to turn, right? Um, at least internally at these campuses. I know that sounds weird because you've got some programs going to play big-time bowl games potentially compete for a national title but internally at least every team that I ever played on it's like hey regular season's over 
Congrats on the year. We're going to go have our banquet prior to the bowl game. Uh, we're going to give out, you know, superlatives and MVP awards. Mm -hmm. It's like you kind of put a bow on the season and then you go play a bowl game. Interesting time. I think we feel that way as fans as well, where, yeah, we got the Heisman coming up and we'll talk a lot about that tonight. Really exciting. Um, but whether or not your team is in the mix could be a good feeling or a bad feeling. Huge, huge. And there is so much reshifting. Like the sport, it always had some change and it always has a few big moves. Now it's, you got to watch that. You can't like take your eyes off of it. None of these animals are going to be the same. Something could go from a tiger down to a bobcat. And you're like, damn, I thought they were a nope. Because portal. And then the development, off-season, recruitment, coaching staff changes. It can completely remodel, which is how we see TCU in the Final Four. And that's how we see some of these big giants not even in the top 25. So we're going to roll with you tonight. We got an hour. Heisman talk, coaching carousel moves, transfer news, and so, so, so much more. Field of 12 after dark. Um, Honestly, let's get into a toast per our tradition here at Field of 12. Grab something to sip. We're going to go with you on our favorite player team thing. TK, on this Tuesday night, Thursday night, your your thoughts, your toast, sir. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a toast to a guy that um, I spent some time around in college, a guy that's played football at the highest level, winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, as an Oklahoma Sooner and my toast to him tonight goes to I believe 30 hours is what they keep saying 30 hours on the ground in Los Angeles in Baker Mayfield is currently wow. leading the uh, LA wow. Rams up and down the field as, as the quarterback and that I'll tell you what man you play this game a long time and it is you can start to conceptualize it but just from a verbiage, uh, a, a team standpoint, I mean, there's guys that Baker's going out there tonight that they've never met before. They've never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation before. Played catch. Played catch, timing, all that stuff that goes into making you know, quarterback and receiver and a team really good. And he's, he looks all right. From what I've seen tonight, he looks all right. But still, um, tip of the cap to Bake uh, out there in L.A., my friend. 30 hours and you're uh, out there getting it done with your guys. Man, starting a Thursday night game for the defending reigning world champion, L.A. Rams. My toast tonight, my toast is going to be a look-ahead toast. For those of you that have been rolling with us, I'm going to go ahead and break news on behalf of our producers. We are thrilled to announce that Chris Peterson, Coach Peterson, is going to be joining us. Roll with us next week. Uh, I think it looks like Tuesday night, but obviously uh, Dagan and Trevor will run enough promo on that to, so you guys can roll with us. But Coach Peterson, famous from Boise State and all their world crusades they did there with the Broncos and then at University of Washington. And now you can see him on air breaking down games. We'll get a chance to join us to go over uh, the mindset and the path of a heavyweight coach shifting program from program rebuilding something making a championship run etc 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 cannot talk enough about that 
we think here at Field of 12, he should be settling in there as Stanford's new head coach. Regardless, we're thrilled that he's thrilled to be joining us. Field of 12, Coach Peterson. Man, that's going to be awesome. I, I know that, you know, a lot of us on this show on a nightly basis have, have been in the fire, played ball. I would consider, George, you, you're one of the most knowledgeable across the board, across the country when it comes to this subject matter. But now we're talking about a guy that's going to join us. Um, and we've got Coach Sumlin, which is is the same thing. But a guy that will join us that's, that's really been in the interlockings recently of, of putting together culture, putting together a team, seeing what it's like out on the recruiting trails. Uh, that's going to be a treat. So you guys got to join us for that one. Huge treat. And a, a quote that um, we had from Yogi Roth, who got from Chris Peterson, Yogi Roth asked him all the way back, you know, back half the season when you're either seeing programs sustain or you're seeing some of these programs, the wheels come off. He asked Coach Pete, he said, how long does it take to embed a culture? And you remember his answer, Trevor? 18 months. 18 months. Chris Peterson, and in his professional opinion, it takes 18 months for a program, every person, every man, woman inside that football building to embody the same air uh, to go forward and win. 18 months. Cannot and wait to talk to him. When you say that, though, it, it, that's when you say 18 months, that sounds short to me, right? Yeah. But you start to peel back the layers. It's 18 months to develop the culture. It's not 18 months for that culture to produce success. Correct. It takes longer. But that's just to get your guys bought that's in. That's just to get them in. They this is who we are. You got you got your words and your your slogans up on the board and and everybody can recite it by name and you know the schedule and the feeling and how you're supposed to operate, not necessarily meaning you're going to win that next week or that next year. That takes Correct. longer. Correct. It does take longer. TK, you ready to roll on this, sir? Rock and roll, baby. We got some good stuff tonight. Heisman talk. This is everything that uh, we're going to be looking at for the next, what, 42 to 72 hours. Let's go into some of these deals here real quick. Are the four finalists, in your opinion, did they get that right? The four finalists in Stroud, Duggan, Stetson, and Caleb Williams. Do we have, do we have the right lineup? I got to answer this carefully, Okay. I think that we have the winner in there, in my estimation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the guy that will win the Heisman Trophy is in that group. Yep. Now, in, in the guys that should or could be invited, that could be argued. Agreed. Right? There's a lot of people talking about why Stetson Bennett in there. In my opinion, Stetson Bennett deserves that. He's yep. on the best team in America, and he has been a bell cow for that, that group that's changed a lot of faces from national championship team last year. And might mess around and pull off a back-to-back -back national championship, which you say what you want to say, but you better say two-time national champ. That's 100%. that's how that's pronounced. Okay, keep keep rolling. I think Max Duggan is very deserving of being in New York. The guy has put a TCU team that has no business being in the same conversation with all these other guys uh, on the map. He's played gritty. He's played hard. He played his heart out in the loss against Kansas State in the uh, in the Big 12 title game. Mm. Do I think that Max Duggan should win the Heisman Trophy? I don't. 
I don't think he's the best player in, in, in America, but he has certainly uh, uh, done everything that he can do to deserve a trip to sit there, put on his suit and tie, mm-hmm. go to you know the, 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 the custom suit shop, pick out what he wants, look all good, new watch, the whole deal, and enjoy that experience. Don't think he'll get his name called, but he's deserved that. I think the big one here that can be uh, moved around, really kind of the number four spot, is C.J. Stroud. Coming into the year, Heisman front runner. Um, obviously, in in same conversation uh, um, with Bryce Young, who obviously won it last year. But C.J. Stroud, it's all. I think the the award is all about kind of what have you done for me lately, right? And um, he didn't come out and play like the Heisman Trophy winner. In, in that Michigan game, his last football game. Um, and so who, who does that leave? I, I'm not saying that C.J. Stroud doesn't deserve to be there, but I think there's some other guys that you could seriously argue should be there. There's a guy from Tennessee that got injured. There's a guy from Michigan that got injured. And then there's a guy, well, there's really two more guys in my head. There's a guy out west from UCLA that's played incredible football. He's just not in the conversation. And then the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who's not been in any of these conversations. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, George, on all this. But Bryce Young played just as good a football this year, I think, for the most part, that he did last year. And he he is the bell cow of that Alabama team that uh, is number five in the country, remind you. And right. so there's a couple of names there that I think that they, they maybe left off the list. But you can only choose a couple. So, George, I'm going to flip that around on you because I know you got great insight. Do you think they got it right? And and who are the guys that you think maybe got snubbed or, or left out and why? Well, let's. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's walk into it first. Are you aware that Max Duggan won the Davey O'Brien Award for top quarterback? Yeah, uh, deserved, but I don't think he's the top quarterback. So, but how could it be deserved and he's not the top? Yeah, I guess I got to define that, right? Um, When I say deserved, um, really what I mean by that is I'm not sitting here banging down walls saying, man, that guy – just absolutely should not have even been in the conversation. Right. Right. Um, Should he have is the different definition. And the answer is no. I think, I think that Caleb Williams takes that trophy. Right. And so for 
But let me add this to your point. For those of you just joining us, welcome. And Caleb Williams won the Maxwell Player Award today. And Max Duggan won the Davey O'Brien, which the Davey O'Brien's the quarterback of the year. If I'm a quarterback and I win the player of the year over here, but I'm not the quarterback of the year over here, like what criteria are we looking at? Like just to kind of set the stage, we start moving toward the Heisman. Duggan named top quarterback. Caleb, a quarterback named top player. Maxwell Award. And I want to do this. I want to do them justice. It's the Heisman and then it's the Maxwell right here. They're both incredibly prestigious. The Heisman. More people have been on the moon than have won the Heisman. So how could both, how could you square that both? If Caleb as a quarterback is your player of the year, but not your quarterback of the year. I think that's where you could go in and you could start picking apart who votes on this stuff and what's their individual criteria. Right. Because um, I don't, I don't personally know what that group looks like that votes on each one of these awards. I would imagine there's a committee for each one. Right. 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 Um, Maybe that tells me the Heisman race is a little bit closer because one of those voting groups thinks that, Best quarterback right. in the country is Doug. Right. right. Over best player in the country. And then the Maxwell list says, hey, Caleb Williams, best player in the country, which also, to your point, George, means that he should be the best quarterback in the country. They play the same position. Correct. This would be different if, you know, Blake Corum or pick your running back or other position player wins the Maxwell Award and, and Caleb or, or Max wins the uh, wins the Davy O'Brien. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'd love to look at the history and see who won which awards and then how the Heisman shaped out. Um, I think that'd be some interesting data that we could pull at some point and, and talk on. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think I, one is more deserving than the other? I, I'm willing to bet Caleb Williams was the runner-up for the Davey O'Brien Award. And I'm willing to bet Max Duggan was probably runner up at Maxwell. I I think these two have pushed out ahead because if we're really honest, most of the awards and most definitely the Heisman, these are November awards. These are November awards. Now, if you, if we just slide the scale back to the guys that we're talking about, to the exception of Michael Penix, if you come back before into that first week in November and earlier, Hendon Hooker sitting in there, Blake Corum sitting in there, Bryce Young sitting in there, DTR is is either in there or they're barking at him or he's barking at them at the doorway. All those guys were rocking and rolling. In November, two of those guys went down with injuries, Hooker and Corum. They didn't have bad games. Tennessee lost one more game, but they're still in the top eight, top ten. Corum's team is in is in position to go play for the national championship based on his efforts, driving them through. Now they just had a couple horses behind him that were also capable and they stepped in too, but he's out ankle injury took him out of the Heisman, but he already ran for 17, some hundred yards and he already helped with all those wins. He's no longer worthy of going to New York. How is that possible? Hooker. There was no brighter star in college football for a six-week stretch than Hendon Hooker. Most dangerous offense anybody could possibly see. They knock out the Roman army. 
And en route to his, you know, seemingly putting them in the top four and him getting on into the Heisman race, tears his ACL out. It's a November award, and we got to wrap our minds around that. That, and I mean, and and that's to the detriment of the entire season. Only guy really outside of that November talk is Michael Penix, who call it West Coast biased or whatever, upcoming program that we don't really talk about in a Washington monster games. He's had four or five games this year with 400 yards passing, knocked out some big time um, top ranked opponents, still having big games, but Washington's just kind of on the outside. But I do want to circle around to your point with Bryce Young. Jameis Winston won the Heisman and came back to college. He won it as a freshman. And he arguably had a better sophomore year than he had a freshman year. But the fatigue, they were already ready to look to the next guy. It happened to be Mariota. Put their numbers against each other. Both kids played against each other in the Rose Bowl. Heisman people were like, Jameis, you got one. We're going with Bryce. Manziel won one his redshirt freshman year. Second year, redshirt sophomore year, his numbers were better. And completions were up. Uh, uh, percentage was up. Interceptions were down. His efficiency from the pocket was even better. He was a better player, better performer. Fatigued with with Manziel. You got yours. Who else is next? Bryce was not just coming up against himself, but I honestly think they don't want to crown a, a guy two times because of, you know, just the historic nature of it. It's only happened one time. It's only happened one time. So then if you just look at take the highs and peace out, you're right. Bryce Young is the fifth bet, has his team fifth. Fifth. And both times that they lost, when he left the field, they were winning. Yeah. If you just strip it all the way back down to that on a on a reduced Alabama team, this is a Roman army missing a whole lot of their artillery. Both every time he left the field this year for Alabama, they were winning. Tennessee ended it on a field goal. LSU won it on a extra on a two point conversion, but he put them in position to win and was winning. So in my opinion, Bryce Young should also be there, but Alabama a little bit maligned up against their own expectation, our expectations of them. So they're out and Stroud. I'm, ex I'm exhausted with all like how much does Ohio state honestly have to pay for getting beat up by Michigan? like they showed themselves to be the most complete team all season long. They won every game by double digits. CJ Stroud. I think he was in New York last year. Wasn't he Trevor? Yeah, I think so. Played like just great ball, complete ball. And it wasn't always rock star type ball. And Ohio state had been slowed. Sometimes didn't have their best player in Smith and Jigba have plenty of five-star guys to go. But I felt he steered the ship, and they're in the playoffs. But he's got to pay for that. Team's got to pay for that. We'll get a chance to see these guys kind of resurrect all that stuff. But to me, Blake Corum from Michigan should absolutely be in New York. Blake Corum, like, get real. This dude was unstoppable. Carrying, unstoppable. And, and they with no passing game. Now, Michigan turned around and showed themselves to have one. They've been working on it in the lab, and they unveiled it for Ohio State. But who do you think the engine was? Weeks 1 through 10, 1 through 11. 
he hurts himself, and you don't put this man in New York. Yeah. Shame on you, yeah. Isaac. Agreed. And that's where that's where we, we and we've talked about this a lot with the college football playoff committee. What's the rubric, right? Goes to the Heisman as well. What's the rubric? Is if we were to eliminate um, um, you know, all noise, all media, and we just turned on the tape, who would actually go to New York, right? Turn up, turn up, put on your headphones, turn off the sound. I don't want to hear the commentators, I don't want to be on Twitter, I don't want to do any of that. Turn on the tape, who's the most beneficial player to their team and who played the best football from start to finish. And, and I'll tell you this. There's a guy in Stetson Bennett yep. that I think, even me personally, I'm like, I don't think he should win the Heisman. But why not is the question. Why wouldn't he win the Heisman, right? Is it because he's not flashy? Is it because he doesn't have the arm strength, Caleb Williams? I mean, the guys led his team not only to a national championship last year, but he's turned around and he's leading this team to on the, well on their way to a, a potentially another one. So, so here's what, how it answers. What's wrong with him? What what more could he do to I go win the Heisman Trophy? I don't think it's a him thing. I look at it as if all four teams walked out onto the field, they're all in their warm-ups. And you took Stetson, you brought Stroud, Duggan, and J.J. McCarthy. And you look at those four guys and you're like, listen, unfortunate circumstances, you four cannot play in the playoffs. Who would Vegas say would still win? Who would Vegas have as the winner? Yeah. So so you're saying that that doesn't matter how good Stetson plays, because of where he plays, he's not going to have a shot? I, I think I – think and I'm coming around to it. I'm coming around on it fast. Stetson Bennett, the mailman. I know you got a new name per your NIL rights, et cetera, et cetera. I will get up to your new nickname. But I'm coming around fast on Bennett. But I just think, by and large, the overall public looks at him a lot like he, he's the one driving in in an army tank. Like, he's the one driving in in an army tank. And, and but that's the best defense, um, the 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 probably, arguably the best set of weapons sitting up there next to Ohio State, he is surrounded by the most weaponry, and but yes, the public doesn't understand. Somebody has to steer it, drive it, engineer it, uh, sync it all together, make decisions, timely decisions. He's been running the ball. If you've really been watching Georgia, he's been doing so much more. But I think on the face of it, individually talented, he's the fourth most talented quarterback coming into the playoffs. Now, talent is a portion, but the poise, maturity, timing, uh, like response, now that arguably he's the best of the four guys coming in. He's the most experienced, he's the best. So you got this weird look at him like, well, you can't really ever see him because he's sitting inside that tank. I don't know actually how good he is, but, I mean, he knows this territory. He's been here, and, you know, he's never hurt them. But I just think people think he just comes in on the highest floor. This so let me ask you this question, then. And I, I'm playing naive here because I want to hear your answer. You mentioned that he drives a tank into the stadium. 
And so it's tough to overcome that. You could basically plug and play, maybe not anymore, but you can, we talked about it a lot last year, plug and play the quarterback position. They're still going to roll most people any given Saturday. How is that? How is Bryce Young last year any different? Roman Army coming in in that tank, is it because he's more a more flashy player? Probably. Actually that much better of a player. You see what I mean? Like, yeah. is it a flashy play, throwing across your body, no look, Heisman moment that won it for him? Or are we just overlooking nowadays that Stetson Bennett drops back takes a three-step drop, hits his back foot, and puts the ball where it's supposed to go, right? Uh, I mean, what, so what's, what's, what are we looking at? I see the flash term, and I'll convert that over to this. There are many plays in Bryce Young's season last year where if not for his creativity, competitiveness, or his unique talent, the play would be dead. Yeah. To To – get out of a of a of a three-man uh charge sidestep one sidestep the other one just don't get grabbed by the third guy turn find somebody make a completion keep this third and eight down first down drive stays alive the two drives against auburn and we've been singing about that for now over a year now they needed to beat auburn so they can solidify themselves in the sec championship game last year two 90-yard drives where you have to throw the ball. We know you have to throw the ball. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And the poise, we got to watch. We've seen his special. So we've seen him have to kind of go out and put a cape on and get it done. We've never really seen Stetson Bennett have to do that. And, again, I say it like that because I'm not saying you don't have that ability. That's embedded. I'm not saying you do. We just don't see you get left to your own devices a whole lot. But Trevor, you're right. He does play on time. He does probably make an awful lot of checks that we don't see. Um, I remember training Andrew Luck and asking Shaw, like you've had him already for three years, year three to year one. He goes, well, everybody's going to see the highlights and the physicality and all that. But he goes, the biggest asset Andrew Luck brings to us is he mitigates damage. So you you got all this edge pressure and all these guys walked up. He gets us out of a play that would would not hurt us. Uh, they do get a jump on our tackles or whatever it is. He's either dirted it, thrown the ball out of bounds, got back up. He like keeps us out of bad things. And he goes, that stuff never shows up on the highlights. He dropped back 400. Go ahead. People that actually play football – that is at least that was always told to me in a quarterback room, right? Yep. Mitigate damage. Correct. Your tackle gets beat, make a play. Correct. You know, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Don't be the hero. And I think it's become a hero award. We're asking our quarterbacks to do so much nowadays as opposed to be a distributor of the football. So which which kind of brings me to my next point. Um, there's there's two guys on this list that we that we mentioned that are not going to New York. And I think it's because that they both got hurt. One of them is a quarterback. And my question is, this a, is this a quarterback award now exclusively? Or if Blake Corum doesn't get hurt, do you truly think he wins the Heisman Trophy? If he continues, they won. They beat Ohio State. If he's a big contributor in that game and he's done what he's done, put up the numbers that he's put up, 
do you think that Blake Corm wins the Heisman Trophy over a Max Duggan, over a Caleb Williams, over any of the guys on this list? So, pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I could get you to yes, his Heisman, just like every player that plays at Ohio State and every player that plays at Michigan, rightly or wrongly, their Heisman case is made in that game. Desmond Howard hitting that kickoff return was against Ohio State. Charles Woodson having that monster game on offense and defense was against Ohio State. Archie Griffin, the two Heismans he had, was against Michigan. It's made against the other one. Blake Corum getting a chance to lead the Wolverines out. You don't think he wouldn't have run for 250 yards that day where they were playing? Oh, yes. If he had the opportunity to go out, and play on that stage watched by almost 20 million people. You should look that up. It was the highest rated college football game in the last couple of years, outrated NBA finals and world series games. We're all there to see you. So he had a great momentum and great narrative rolling in and you do it in Columbus. He would have put up four touchdowns and probably 200 plus yards. Yes. That would have been enough for him to seal it as much even with what Caleb is doing out West, even with what Duggan's doing in these shootouts down here in the big 12. Yes. Blake Corum in my like humble quarterback world opinion rocks and shakes all that stuff, but we've seen it. Derrick Henry won it. Mark Ingram won it, but they won it either in sec championship game performances, Auburn, like their big stages. They took yep. off. They, they just blew through there and Corum had it set. You have a really good quarterback. He's not a rock star because that otherwise you, you tend to share votes. You got a great defense that's going to help you get the ball back an awful lot. And you're on a big stage and you're on a winning team. You don't often see quarterbacks that kind of overcome three, four losses because of the numbers you can accumulate and rack up. Running backs, if you're the tip of the spear, as Trevor, as you know, you're the tip of the spear on a top two, top three team. Yes. And then you go out and do it against your blood rival. Yeah. In my opinion, Blake Corum rocks and rolls against Ohio State. He's in there, probably a narrow edge over the superhero in LA. And not, I'm not saying that necessarily he deserves it this year, but a guy that we haven't talked about 
in this long list, what, what, have, how many names have we talked about? Almost 10. Yeah. A guy that is not on a winning football team and is not the quarterback, but Bijan Robinson is one of the best football players in this country. And so, the number. Go ahead. So what, so I, yeah, just analyze that one real quick. Um, what did, what could Bijan Robinson do in his power um, to to be, really be in the thick of this conversation, or does it really have to be perfect storm? Texas has got to be winning football games. It doesn't really matter about his talent and his individual performance. So again, another dependent position, just like quarterback. His coaching staff doesn't give him enough touches. There are games when you watch Texas lose. I think their last loss, he got twelve touches. Now, the game will dictate some of that because, hey, if we fall down by a bunch, then whatever. But still, then get him involved in the pass game. Then he should be in with draws and screens. Like, he's our best player. How come – why can't we get him the ball? 12 touches. Yeah. And so, yes, Corum and and um, Hacks guy up in Syracuse, the, uh, the Illinois running back, there are some rock star running backs out there. But he is easily the most highly touted. B. John Robinson had a chance to work with him, and he's like a sophomore high schooler. He came to our football camp here in San Diego just because he was buddies with a quarterback, making one-hand grabs. And I ran and asked his granddad, is he a receiver or running back? Like, what does he play? And I was like, man, I'm going to call a couple coaches. He's like, well, he's already got like 30 offers. I'm like, of course he does. Never mind. Like, you know what I mean? And he was making like these one-hand grabs. But he's hurt, I think, in some ways by his own staff. Blake Corum is going to see 20, 25, 28 touches. And so from the outside world, we look through Michigan staff and we think they, they not only believe in you, they rely on you. Texas, we get that. But – where's the reliance it almost was like when remember when and you're probably too young when usc was in fourth quarters and red zone deals reggie bush is on the sideline you're like what is reggie bush doing on the sideline but they had lindale Lindale white so you're not irreplaceable and you're not like it's not like without you we don't get this done no we'll get it done we'll just get you in in a second you're like well damn but luckily reggie white won his heisman and you should get his heisman back to him but anyway, I'm with you on um, B. John Robinson, but Texas would have had to have been a winner. Beating Alabama would have kick-started him. And some of those other losses, they just look real lethargic. Now, if Texas is in the in the top four, then obviously he goes. It's hard for a running back. His team is going to pull him back, so to speak. So, so let me ask you this, based kind of – Back to our original conversation about Heisman related to the Maxwell and the Davy O'Brien that gets split, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams and Max Duggan. Are those the clear-cut number one and number two uh, in New York City here in a couple of days? I and, think so. And I'm curious is it uh, is it even is it even up for grabs, or do you have one that's uh, that's a no-brainer? So. I was told by our game day staff, because I always ask that question, how come some years it's three guys and four guys and one year it's five guys? Like, what are we doing? Like, why do the seats change? And I was told they invite up to the point they think that the drop off in voting will go. So if the drop this year apparently is between 
the fourth guy in this group and whoever number five is, the drop is so severe. There's no need to bring five in. Years you see five guys, they're all pretty much along the same range of votes. They're, it's, it's, the horse race would be fairly close. Years that it's three, that means the fourth horse was too far back. He can't catch up. Why bring him to New York without that? Because when they unveil the votes, it'll almost be you know, you know, really disheartening to see that you weren't even close to begin with. So they don't even bring bother bringing you in. This crew here, I really do think your your two lead horses again to November award, and I'm talking about November stages and big wins, and both these guys had them. I think Caleb wins this thing. I think Duggan is is fairly behind him. I don't think it's. I don't honestly think it's going to be close because Caleb had so many highlight moments and. I don't think too many people outside of, of his receiver can name another Trojan. That's also can be said for Duggan. And then Duggan's got a, a killer story because he was the backup to start the season. Yep. He got called into duty. And so, Go ahead. Uh, here, I was just thinking about this, and I know we could take this a million different ways, a million different scenarios, but I'm sitting here going, if Max Duggan finds a way to get the ball in the end zone, when, when uh, they were stopped on the goal line stand and TCU wins the football game, yes. he plays the exact same. Yes. Let's say K Kindred gets in the end zone and TCU wins the football game. Different. I think there's a serious argument that Max Duggan wins the Heisman because he won the football game yep. over Caleb Williams who loses it. And he did the exact same thing. That's where it gets like, all right, what is the rubric, right? I still don't think – I I – I kind of think this was Caleb's two-thirds down the stretch. It, it was like, boy, he he doesn't have any big elephants to slay like Hooker. Taking out Alabama and then Hooker going to LSU and winning down there, like, you ain't gonna, he's got elephants on his path. You don't have any elephants, but you do have some nice elk. You've been taking these elk out. That dude's got elephants. That's not your fault, but he's been – once he was out, oh, hell. Then it was like it was almost Caleb, because some people just look at the eye test. Yep. You say wow more times watching Caleb, Duggan, or his running back squeezing on in there and getting that touchdown, Trevor. I think it gets close. Yep. Then I think you got enough for TV to gen this thing up and be like, man, you know the cowboy from Texas, the rock star from LA. This is gonna be great. You got enough. Yeah, it's the media, uh, right? I mean, literally. He could do the same thing and extend his right arm, I believe, because yep. there's a pull off the left side. Extend his right arm and hand the football off. Yeah. And based on that outcome, those few inches, I think, makes a huge difference. I will credit you on that. The performance alone merited a Heisman. Mm -hmm. So when if you didn't see any other thing from on Max Duggan all year, and you look down at your scroll and you see, wow, undefeated. Wow. Uh, top three. Wow, wow, wow. And look at their quarterback all over the place. Yep. And then same with Caleb. It did merit not just the seat, but when they say, and the Heisman goes to Duggan, he could almost come up. Oh, it's you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could do that. He could do that. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, it, are we do we do the Heisman too early or should this be a regular season deal or arguable 
I think certainly arguable. My 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 preference would be that you wait until everything's done. Right. The problem with that is you talk about the media, the height, the the size of game. Um, you could have a guy that's playing, I mean, just incredible football. Well, this year's a great example, right? Caleb Williams is not going to be playing for the national championship. Right. All right. So if you wait till the end, well, now Caleb Williams played on New Year's Eve and a whole week, week and a half has passed. And, you know, let, let's just paint the picture. If TCU was to win, Max Duggan's playing a week and a half later. Everybody's already everybody's already forgot about Caleb Williams, right? right just right. because of the time that passes. Right. Um, so right. I think it, it I think the way that they do it is good for the way that they vote. Um, yeah. because everybody's there, everybody's done it, and you've already got that little bit of disparity if you played in a conference game or if you didn't. Yeah. Um so so I, I think they have it right. What 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 are your thoughts? Uh, I agree. In that last deal, I'm curious, have we, who's the last Heisman winner to win who didn't even make a conference championship? Have we had one? Like that would be, you know, to our producers, uh, Trevor and Dagan, they could check that out. That would be an interesting question. Let's go into some coaching discussion. A lot of news being made, and this is the time of, you know, the, that, that time of year. Uh, Purdue, Stanford, Wisconsin, Nebraska. We got a couple we want to look at here. Let's start with Purdue. It is no secret that Coach Brom, once he got up to Power Five to take over at Purdue and did well. And again, they can build a team. He understands. And he was a prominent quarterback. So is his younger brother, Brian Brom. But Coach Brom, these guys understand the game. It's it's college football royalty. Uh, there are actually three Brahms at Purdue, head coach, who's the OC, the quarterback coach, and then the chief of staff. Uh, but these guys have been rocking and rolling, did an awful lot at Purdue. And mm. Purdue is a it's a it's not a tank, but you're in there against tanks. They always wanted to go back to Louisville. So Louisville underperforming this year somewhat. They could either have fired their coaching staff or kind of give them some clues and some signals as to, hey, a change is coming. Do we got to make it? Are you going to make it? Louisville coaching staff goes to Cincinnati. After Cincinnati's coaching staff goes to Wisconsin, Coach Fickle is now at Wisconsin. Now in comes Brom at Louisville. Is this – how would you look at the move, Trevor? Because most of the time we can look at from some prison prism, it was a step up. Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. Yes, it was financial, bigger stage, more visible. Uh, the style of play of hell, if we could build that at Oklahoma, we could really do that here. Brian Kelly goes from Notre Dame to LSU. They, I have a wider doorway in the academics to get more kids in. I got monsters that live down here naturally. I don't have to leave the state to get kids to come to LSU. They come here anyway. Is it a lateral move, an upgrade, a downgrade for Brian Brom to go from Purdue to Louisville? Um, I'll, I'll answer it this way. I don't think it matters, and, and here's why. He, 
awesome job at Purdue. We, we mentioned that. I mean, play, play for the Big Ten title this year. Yeah. But if – and you mentioned it. If his goal was to always get back to Louisville, then tip of the cap to him. Man, he's going to chase the dream. And you know what that, that's going to do for Louisville is that's going to put a guy in the driver's seat that is unbelievably passionate and bought into that program, mm -hmm. to what they're building there. He will pour his blood, sweat, and tears into each and every day. Mm -hmm. And that will cause him, given kind of the formula there, to go from being a good coach and taking what he did at Purdue and, and, and stepping up. Right. And making Louisville the Louisville of the Lamar Jackson days, really competing, um, those types of things. But I think this is more of a personal move for Coach Brom with a passion deep down in his chest than, hey, I want to go win. I want to go win conference titles. I want to go play on the highest stage. So all, all the things that normal coaches worry about that right. don't have a tie to a school. I think this is passion and, and, and roots deep down in his soul that he wants. He, he, he dreamed about this opportunity. Here it is. And that's where he wants to be. This is, um, I, I think, I, I take your point that it doesn't matter. And it's a win for Louisville. Yes. Just like, and, and we'll swing back around here on Colorado. Whatever you think about Coach Prime going to Colorado, it's a win for Colorado. Colorado hasn't had this many impressions, this many national discussions, this many anythings ever, and easily in the last 30 years. And all of a sudden, everybody, right? They, it's At least at a minimum, it's going to be a show. For Louisville, they get their sons back. These guys know us. They bleed us. They love it here. They this, that, the others. They know it's going to be a special kind of, you know, we don't need to learn. Well, how do you make your L? What do you, what's the song go? Like, they don't need any of that. They come back. They dive right back in. They get going. It'll be curious now as they step into an ACC that, for the most part, the overall conference is out in the wilderness. They're out in the wilderness, Trevor. Let's just be honest. Yep. And yeah. even like, like Wake Forest is still basically Wake Forest, Clemson, still your resident landlordish. One's landlord, one's the maintenance guy, but the rest of them are just whatever. So that'd be curious. Purdue, where does Purdue now turn? You're you're advising Purdue's president and AD. Do you have a couple of names for these guys to start, you know, looking at? Yeah, you know, a really desirable job. I would say. Yeah, I would it's say a, as well. Uh, big time desirable job. Um, you've, you've got a, a foundational culture there that you could step into. And and again, in, in potentially 18 months, kind of come in, put, put your slogans up on the wall and continue that trajectory. Again, a team that just played the number two team in the country for the Big Ten title. Um, when, when you think about names, though, I'll be honest, I, I don't know if there's a singular name right now uh, as I sit here kind of on the spot that pops into my head. Uh, do you have a do you have a short list yourself, George? Yeah, I, I would say out of the gate, TCU's offensive coordinator, uh, Riley. Uh, Garrett Riley. Garrett okay. Riley. And I, again, he's probably 26 years old. And that's what we've been seeing. Guys strike a little bit. Of, you know, but honestly. Clearly knows what he's doing, has been challenged. He went up against a Texas team that's got Gary Patterson, 
sitting in the opposite building scheming against you and you still go out find a way to win so they and they've had some tough ways to win it's not like he's been driving a tank now you get up here to purdue you're in the big 10 tcu they all kind of play the same in the big 12 in the big 10 the offensive styles and the attack plans are very different program to program to program so i think they can navigate pretty good i like coach riley Kevin Wilson. Yeah. Not to uh, not to derail us too much. Do you think Garrett Riley ever has a chance to get out of his brother's shadows? Is he in his brother's shadows? Does he ever have a chance to be uh, equal to Lincoln he, Riley, or is the myth, the legend of Lincoln Riley, already too high? No, no, no. TCU, and it goes back to crediting Purdue. When when you say Purdue's a really good job, yeah, it's a really good job. They're in the Big Ten championship game. So, yeah, they carried four losses, and two of those came at the, you know, as the game expired. You go to Purdue, you come out 10 and two. If you could get in the final four from TCU, you could get in the final four from Purdue. And you're about to play your brother when they move to the Big Ten, anyways. You're going to be playing each other. So, I think he could go to Purdue. Kids are going to find that style of play incredibly attractive. He can coach his ass off with quarterbacks. He's going to get guys. And, He'll understand how to attack these defenses. So, I, you know, yes, Lincoln Riley, as we come up on the 10-minute warning here, I like not Lincoln Riley, damn. Garrett Riley, um, Chris Ash. Chris Ash, longtime genius defensive coordinator, really young. Right now he's with the Raiders, but his last head coaching stint was with Rutgers. He left Rutgers to go coach with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. We know how that went. That's just a tough break. Now he's with the Raiders, and then that's also a tough break. But in terms of college, a lot like Matt Rule, he belongs up front. Defensive coordinator, Ohio State, Iowa State, on those teams that won big games. So I would keep him in mind. And there's probably four or five other guys we could start to help out Purdue's uh, president. Let me throw this name out. Let me throw this name out. Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard coming in from our producer, Dagan Hughes. Does this does this name warrant a conversation at a place like Purdue, or or has he um, has he already squandered his big time opportunities in the last five six years? Dan Mullen. Yes, Dan Mullen, because he has been a general, two different spots in Jurassic Park, one at both. Yes, the wheels came off his last year down there in Florida. Very curious as to how or why that went. But yes, Dan Mullen. Yes, Dan Mullen. So I take it all back. If you ask me to realign this thing, I would call Dan Mullen first. And then um, I would probably call Coach Johnson at Ohio State. Larry Johnson, long time, uh, basically assistant head coach at Ohio State. Garrett Riley. Like Purdue, even though the it seems like the landscape has already kind of settled itself, I think it leaves open all kinds of, you know, great opportunities, not to mention a lot of these NFL coordinators who would love to come down and lead something. Hey, and um, I'm just going to throw a little plug out there. Our very own Kevin Sumlin is an alumni. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want to start. I want to start that. I want to start that up just yet, but yes, <laughs> I thought that was, I was trying to let him just fly on by. But yes, a lot of ways. Like the Brahms are with the with Louisville, 
that's how Coach Sumlin is with Drew Brees and all that foundational blocks at Purdue. Coach Sumlin would be great. I know he wants that opportunity. I think he'd be great at that opportunity. And that's one of your first rock star coaches. And I mean that in the best way. Who understood the cohesiveness of, you know, what the players want and what they'll be attracted to, how to balance media and social media, and at its core, winning. Winning. A&M went 10-2 and their first year in the SEC, beating Alabama at Alabama. And then his second year, they lost to Bama by a touchdown at home in, in round two. So Coach Sumlin, Jim Leonard, Garrett Riley, like Coach Mullen, they have a lot of opportunities to go into. Um, they have a lot of opportunities. Just going back to the Heisman piece, Lamar Jackson, this came in from our producer, Dagan Hughes. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the last Heisman winner not to win a conference champion. And so these guys are rare and rare and far between. But not to go to a conference championship. Not right? to even go to. I don't not even know if he uh, – yeah, not a conference champion. So he did, did go. not go, did not even make it to the conference championship. But still, trust what your eyes see. Trust what your eyes see. And I'm sure there are some guys that cut the things on the tracks and play great ball. I'd be curious to see who he actually beat that year. But uh, anyway – Lamar Jackson was your last non-conference champion Heisman Trophy winner. And again, Hendon Hooker, he was the Heisman winner until he was injured. Even with the loss they suffered there at South Carolina, we don't even know if they would have lost that game had he stayed healthy. They got pounced on. But had he continued to play on through, I just thought his body of work, he dropped the most elephants, in my opinion, Trevor. Yep. Um. Wow. Like, would you agree with that? Up to that 100%. point. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. He, the, he was. He was playing. It was almost like out of body experience. Not for him, probably, but just watching it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this guy. This guy is unstoppable right now. Like the 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 orange wave that was sweeping across the country for oh, what for six, seven, eight weeks. Yep. It was in, well, I think it was longer than that. It was like, I'm ready to put a statue of Hinden Hooker, of Josh Heupel, just everybody on the rocky top. And and yep. yeah, unfortunately, it fell out to your point in November. It's a in November, November. A November award. It's a November and, uh, award. And of hey, course, you have the risk of injury. So which which sucks, but it is this gladiator sport. Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez. Uh, will miss their bowl games going back with Jackson Smith and Jigba from last week. Uh, Michael Mayer also sitting out. He's going to get ready. He's the top uh, NFL tight end prospect. And Drake May will remain at North Carolina. I was so thrown off. Like, where else would he go? Is Drake May listening to the field of 12? And we said, step into the portal, see what your market value is real quick, and then hop back. It was not about the NIL, it was because his coach, Phil Longo, is leaving, coordinator, is going to Wisconsin, and now people are wondering, will he follow or will he go someplace else? Which of these most intrigues you, Trevor? I think it's I think it's the Drake May um, situation. Your, your coordinator, the guy that you talk to the most, the guy that calls the plays and makes you feel comfortable with each and every call coming in through the signals or over the headset, 
um, he's leaving, which means you got to learn new verbiage. You got to new right. learn a new system. Right. Um, that tells me that Mac Brown is everything that we think Mac Brown is. Mm-hmm. That Mac Brown is still very involved in decision making. That he's yep. not just shaking hands and kissing babies and just great that. with relationships. He's the relational guy, and he's still a player's coach at what seventy-two years old. Yep. That he's going to keep a guy in the age of college football that we're in right now, where it's hey. I, I'll get a U-Haul. I'll probably hire somebody because I got all this NIL money. They'll move all my stuff, set it all up for me elsewhere. All I got to do is hop on a plane. Hey, mom and dad, I'm moving across the country. They're enrolling me in class. Don't have to worry about that. It's all good. And I'm going to go play in a new stadium, new colors and everything else. As easy as that is nowadays for Drake May to say, hey, Phil Longo's leaving. Right. And I appreciate everything he's done, but I'm committed to this university and this team. There's probably several factors, but Mac Brown is certainly one of them. So tip of the cap to the old guy. Imagine if he stepped into the portal, and we talked about that. As soon as the playoffs are over with and the season's done, Alabama, Ohio State will both lose their field generals. Oregon will lose its field general. There's three teams that live in the top 10. Texas A&M will certainly pounce forward. You have Notre Dame. All five of those programs could easily cobble together a couple milli easily for a quarterback of his stature oh to come gosh. in on a one-year rental. But as that, Michael- that, that takes that takes a team, and I'll just use AM, right? Because I've followed them a lot this year, Homer comment. But any of those big teams, Notre Dame, I'll, I'll throw them in there as well. Drake May steps into that huddle. They oh. are a contender now. Now they're a contender. Now, yep, they're a contender. Now, we're always a contender here at Field of 12 After Dark. Thank you for rolling with us on behalf of Trevor Valise, Dagan Hughes, Trevor Knight, and George Whitfield. We will see you next Tuesday. Field of 12, we're out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.